Welcome back to... Hey, great chat. So Alex, I know you wanted to hit me with a question before we started our stock down, so let's get right into it. What's what's your question? I got to start with a question about Jack Sock, right? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so my question for you, Max Rothman, because I know you're out of town this weekend and you may not get a chance to hop on our Australian Open preview episode. Give me your real... real blah, blah, blah. Give me your realistic expectations for Jack Sock at the Australian Open. Oi. Um, okay. I think there's two uh, – there's a huge caveat, which is his draw. Like, his draw could just be totally screwed, and he could end up playing, you know, with where his ranking is, he could end up playing uh, a top seed in, in the early rounds. Um, so I, I think, you know – I think if you – it's a tough ex- question, right? I know. Excluding that from from the equation, he there's also two routes. He either trees or he loses first round. I think he's either going to play really well and have a tough match in the fourth round with a good player and lose, or he's losing first round and we're going to have to reevaluate Jack Sock for 2019. He gets in as the U.S. wildcard recipient because of his quarterfinal performance in Paris. We haven't seen him play yet this year. Ugh, I don't know, man. It's it's uh, I mean, but also look, he he's got to be motivated with where his ranking is. I really could see him going to the fourth round at least, and just you know playing some great tennis. He's gonna be he's gonna have some you know a, a little bit of a kick in the butt behind him because if he doesn't win. He's going to be stretching to make other tournaments for the rest of the year. If he doesn't win, he's f***ed. He's Yeah. I mean. So, oh, my God. Like, it's just. Uh, the reason this is the stock down starting question is because this will get us in the mood of people were angry at and people were ready to rip on it. Jack Sock, please. We've, I think I've heard Rothman say that before every major in 2018. Let this be the one that comes true. But, all right. The first guy I want to talk about is stock down. Wait. Before before we talk about this guy, can we talk about two guys in conjunction, two young Americans? I know one of them is who we you were about to start. Of course, Rothman, this is your show as well as mine. Sometimes you're cutting that. <laughs> Francis Tiafo and Ernesto, two young Americans who have been off their game. Now. I know you want to start with Tiafa, so I'll give my two cents on him, and I'll give my two cents on Ernesto, and then I want to hear your thoughts. Please, take it. Tiafo, okay, I know, again, and I've shit on Hotman Cup for the sake of it not being, you know, a tournament that, that these guys necessarily take seriously. Hey, great shot. Yeah, hey, great shot. That's a, that's a tongue twister. Necessarily take seriously. Necessarily take seriously. You guys try that at home. Um, Tiafo played like crap. He lost to Nori 6-0 in what just was a, a horrendous display of I, I'm tennis. sorry to do this. This is literally I've been ranting for an hour straight. Counterpoint. He did not play like crap until he got broken back in the first set. And yeah, then that, he played like absolute garbage. But, okay, so that's what I mean. He, like he, he, he let it, it – I mean, look, it got to his head clearly, and this is where, again, I, I'm not sure if he was fully mentally in it for Hopman Cup, but I, I saw similar things happen in his match against Millman. I mean, he just he had opportunities. He wasn't finishing. He he just doesn't look ready to compete at a high level. He looks like he's ready to be back in the the challenger tour, which is, you know, uh, probably a bit of a stretch even as I'm saying it, but 
I mean, he just, uh, he's frustrating, man. He could be so good, and he's just, he's not playing to his potential. Well, the all. reason I have him in stock down at Hopman Cup, he loses to Tsitsipas 6-3, 6-7, 6-3. Played well there. When Francis serves well, his first serve is a weapon, and, you know, but he loses that match to Tsitsipas, loses to Federer 4-1, loses to Nori 6-0, and was up a break, The you know, I think he was up 5-4 in the first set, or maybe it was 4-3, and he let that break go, and then... We said we weren't going to talk about this week's action, but this week in Sydney, he lost first round to John Millman, four six seven six seven five. I think there again we saw the reflection. Francis made sixty one percent of his first serves, won seventy six percent of those points. You know, yeah, the but total see, that, those points, are fine. Hits Fifteen Alex, aces fine against stats. five double fours. No, this is why I'm saying stock. I get if you're stock down coming into the year because people know how to play him now. We've talked about this before. Federer was going after the Tiafo forehand. He knew the backswing was too big. Same thing with Nori. Not afraid to take his backhand down the line or to take his forehand down the line, attack the Tiafo forehand, change directions on him. You know, I continue to think Tiafo is better when he's in backhand to backhand exchanges. So stock down because, you know, the book is out on him. But. I'm not that disappointed with how he played. No, I I am. I think if he was at a place where I was happy with him, he wouldn't have even been in a close match with Melman. Now, credit to Melman, played fantastic tennis, but John Connor Johnston Melman. <laughs> um, shout out Michigan tennis squad. Uh, he played great, but I mean, this is just a match where you have to close. Like, if he can't close points against Melman. In in Sydney, I don't know how he's going to be able to close anything in Aussie. Uh, but but look, I, I think we've we've spent enough on Tiafo. Look, we both like the guy. I, I wanted to do better, but uh, we're, we're both obviously selling his stock at the moment. The other guy I wanted to bring up is someone that we've talked about a bunch, and uh, you know, is a guy that I I like to say I've you know, excuse me. Is a guy that I've played against back in the day, Mr. Ernesto Escobedo. He is on another level of sell. Um, I was at the California Championships, as I said, the UTR tournament. He lost in back-to-back matches to Loren, who did, you know, to his credit, make the finals and play a great match against Query. But he lost to him 0-1 in back-to-back matches. That's bad, first of all. Second of all, goes out round one in Playford. So, I mean, something is clearly just wrong. I, I, I couldn't even tell you. He, there's just something wrong with his game right now. Another guy that, you know, book is out. Get him stretched to the outer thirds. He's not the best mover. He can only hit through you. You know, he's not a guy who creates great angle. He hits an incredibly heavy ball, but still... Yeah, I worry. You know, he's faced some injuries as well. I still love just the sound that comes off his racket every time he hits, but uh, I don't know. It, it's been disappointing to see as well. This is a guy who should be competing for main draws at slams uh, at the very abs- least. Absolutely agree. I don't think there's a whole lot more to say. <laughs> I think I think there are two big guys that we need to talk about, though. Absolutely. I want to start with Dominic Team because he is not yeah. a guy I expected to put on my list, a guy who I got to see through his YouTube series, which is really tremendous where he gave access to what he does in the offseason. But you look at his results at Mubadala, lost 7-6-6-3 to Kachanov, 2-3 to Hyun Chung, then loses to Kachanov again, 6-3, 4-6, 10-3 in the third set breaker. Then in Doha, he loses first round to Hughes Air Bear, 6-3, 7-6, or 6-3, 7-5, excuse me. 
he, you know, I watched the Kachanov highlights. He's resorting to drop shots late in the point. His backswings are being exposed because they're so big, and he either has to send, you know, 30 feet behind the baseline or just, you know, be confronted with balls that are coming quicker than he expects. And, yeah, he was dictating, well, of course, he's Dominic team. He can hit people off the courts, but it just requires so much effort for him to do what he does. And I guess if I'm circling an early exit guy at the Australian Open, eh, no, three out of five, Dominic Team's the man. Again, yeah, see, it's hard I don't, to I, I was going to say, that, that's the thing. Is he's a stock down as a whole, but I, I'm not sure I see him going out early in Aussie. The one thing I will say is, you know, we talk a lot about his schedule from last season. He played so many matches. I could see him still being tired. It's one of those things where he had played so many matches. He, he was tired at the end of the season, and he takes a, a nice, you know, break in December. It's hard to come back and, you know, really be on your game. So, look, maybe he needed a few matches to kind of get fired up. I, I think we're just going to have to wait and see how he does in Australian Open. Agree. He's a wait and see. Not necessarily a hold, but a wait and see. Um, yep. All right, l- let's move on to the next guy. This is a guy who, if I'm trying to commit insider trading with this podcast, it's because I want you to sell his stock. Hyun Chung, who has lost two first rounds at ATP events, loses to Ruben Statham five and three in Auckland, loses to Golba six and two in India. You know, at Mubadala, he beats Team two and three, but he lost to Anderson six seven six two six one. You know, here here are the things. I watched a lot of Hyun Chung. I watched his team match and his Anderson match because you know he's a guy I love coming into this season. The depth he can create is second to none. Every ball is at least three feet past the service line. He can do it with the forehand. He can do it to the backhand. You know, he can hit from defensive positions. He's deceptively quick. He can move forward well. You know, moves laterally so well struggle to get the ball to the outer thirds against Anderson, which means, you know, his shots are very wristy. He lets the ball get into his body a little bit. And I think with his backhand, it's hard for him to create angle, hard for him to stretch Anderson off the court. That being said, if you give Chung some time, he can absolutely go after the ball, can rocket both sides up from the baseline with pace down the line. Not a comfortable volleyer, but... I worry about the fact that he can't work the outer thirds, and the second serve's a little weak. Well, okay, so I'm going to disagree with you just on one technical aspect in that you think he's wristy. I think he's kind of stiff, which is why he doesn't hit to the outer edges of the court. I I think he could use a little bit more wrist, a little bit more action on the ball. Not that he doesn't hit with a lot of spin— but like you're you're right. He doesn't get to the outer edges of the court because he just doesn't give himself that that leverage, that opportunity to use the wrist, angle the ball, and, and be able to create a little bit more. So it's a bit, you know, we, it, who are we to criticize his technique? I love it. <laughs> Definitely not you. <laughs> no, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I love your description there of stiff. I think you're very right. I think that's a good way of saying it. At the same time, don't you think he kind of – you know, jerks at the ball really quickly. It's it's a very it's very quick motion. It's twitch almost. It's a twitchy motion. Yeah, I I I think you're right. I look. I just think with him, I think so many people got so high on him last year because of his Australian Open run. I'm worried that he was just running on that for the 2018 season, and I'm not sure we're going to see that in 2019. I'm a huge stock down on Chung. (laughs) So let it be said now, I will buy your stock. I'm happy to take that at its lowest price. And you can take – I want my Dimenauer stock. I'm not selling you that. Like You think I'm down on him, but I'm not. 
You're just not really down on anyone, so this is kind of tough. <laughs> I'm just so excited for this season. That's the problem. No, you know a guy who I'm actually down on, and we can end it here? Luca Pui. I'm down on his game. Like, he yeah. loses to Ebden in three sets, Zverev, who was not caring in three sets, and David Ferrer, who is literally on his last leg because the other one no longer works in three sets. I was, you know, the guys in from 94 to 96, like the Kyrgioses, the Puis, uh No, 96s uh, are good, but the 90, like Pui, I just... What can Pui do on a court? There's not a lot he can't do, but what does he do to hurt you? Yeah. Uh, he, not much recently. <laughs> that's for sure. My fear is that Hyun Chung falls into the Luka Pui zone. That's which are I, both where... really good players, but like eh, Yeah. They're not they're not winning majors. I uh, that's where I have them. That's why I'm selling them. And and that's why I want your socks. See how I did that? That's a little Jedi mind trick for you. Nice. <laughs> that's why i write the outlines okay before we get to our changeover chat we talked about a ton outlines. of matches in our stock up stock hold stock down segment do you have any favorite match highlights from the week that you would recommend to people to watch oh god there's a million i would watch uh medvedev nishikori uh oh, that was... i have medvedev murray on the list trust me it's of course you do uh, Medvedev it, it, plays it... sweet um what other match did I watch? Oh, well, can I say here- it's amazing given how ugly Medvedev's form is that he's so fun to watch. Oh yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I I, I would watch him. It, it, dude, he also I I saw his ATP thing say he's six six. He looks bigger than that. Oh my god, I forgot to say stock down is the people on the Mubadala website. First of all, the Mubadala courts are hideous. Also stock down because <laughs> it's like light blue. Yeah, it's, and like a. It's gross. Yeah, but second stock down, whoever did their press release for the day, and granted, it's a translation, so fine, whatever. But they listed Kachanov at six foot eight. <laughs> like, uh, he's not actually Thor. Like, it's hilarious no. to me. So um, that's a one stock o- down. One other match, though, um, and I know you don't want, want to talk about this tournament, but uh, watch the Opelka Dimenauer. It is so entertaining. You just get to watch him an hour freaking fly around the court, and he just gets to everything. It's it's super fun. Uh, my last ATP one would be Tsitsipas, Cam Nori at Hopman Cup. That really was a great match. They have some great exchanges throughout. At the challenger level where you can watch these matches at full, Kwiatkowski Rubin, the Numea challenger quarterfinal was great. And then this is a total contrast of style, but if you want to watch two guys just grind, watch Stefan Kozlov take on Mitchell Kruger in Orlando second round. It was like a two-and-a-half-hour match. You know, these guys didn't miss. They were playing strategic. It was so funny because Blanche had played the match before, and the announcer goes, you know, Blanche was the power player. These guys are finesse. These guys are looking to crack the court. Oh, it was just uh, – it was funny because he even commentated differently. But that, those are the two matches on the challenger circuit I would recommend the most. Uh, but all right, Rothman, with that, any final stock down? Any last comments? I just need the main draw of Australian Open to start. I can't wait. Well, that's a perfect segue. And because this episode was on the shorter side, we're going to make this one part on its own. Westoff, if you could cue the sound effects, please. It's time for this week's changeover chat. The changeover chat. 
Max Rothman, you talked about the Australian Open, and we should tell our fans it starts next Monday. I want to say that date is, what, the 14th, maybe the 15th? And we are looking forward to that. We will be covering it, and obviously all of our coverage can be found at CrackedRackets.com. But right now, qualifying is going on for both the men's and women's singles draws, and we have a ton of Americans in action you look at the first-round results on the men's side, Bjorn Fertangelo, Noah Rubin, Tim Smichek, Chris Eubanks, Tommy Paul, and Mitchell Kruger all advanced to the second round. Ernesto Escobedo, Christian Harrison, Donald Young, Sebastian Corda, and J.C. Aragoni all end up falling in their matches. Some second-round matches already played. Eubanks and Smichek have taken wins, while Tommy Paul fell to Paolo Lorenzi in three sets. You know, at most Rothman, we can have now five American men qualify for the Ruben, Australian Open. Ruben also has lost while we were recording this. <laughs> oh, really? Ugh, devastating. I might have to go back on my stock up. Um, yeah. No, but taking out Tommy Paul, taking out Noah Ruben, you have four potential guys for qualifying. How many do you think end up getting through? Oh, I hope all four. <laughs> I mean, I think Vertangelo will make it. Um, I, look, I, I think Eubanks, considering he just took out FAA six and three, I, I think he's he's got to do it. Uh, and if he doesn't, then that's a, a huge disappointment for him. I, I think he really this is his opportunity after playing a great match against FAA. That's your opportunity. Um, so I think if if it's gonna be anyone, it's gonna be those two. And for Tangelo, and for Tangelo's playing good tennis, so I'm hoping him as well. I'm gonna be bold. I'll say all four. I you say, think so? I hope all four. I think it's. I think it's a shot. What does Tim Smichek have to lose? You know, nothing at this point. You know, Mitchell Kruger. If it's not this year, when's it going to go right for him? See, I, think I just. I have year. a. He is a hard. He's got two tough matches coming up. No, you're not wrong. Like I said, I'm going to be bold. I have no justification. I just want <laughs> these guys to succeed. Therefore, I'm going to pick them. Um, all right, let's get into the women's side. You look at there. You had. 10 women winning their first round women uh, women's singles qualifying matches. Jennifer Brady, Nicole Gibbs, Caroline Dolahide, Vera Levchenko, all seated, as well as Christian, Jamie Loeb, Danielle Lau, Asia Muhammad, Ali Kick, Christina McHale. A lot of college tennis players in that group, Rothman. Interesting to see their success. Yeah. We look forward in the second round so far. We've had six American women move forward. Jennifer Brady, Nicole Gibbs, Lepchenko, Mikhail, Loeb, and Lau all advance to the third and final round. Caroline Dalhide loses to Danielle Lau, and Christiane loses to number three seed Victoria Golubic, 6-4, 6-4. You have two more playing there, leaving us a grand total potential of seven women for qualifying on the women's side. Rothman, how many you got? Six. Name them. Brady Gibbs, Mikhail, Muhammad, and Kick. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you look at their matchups; they're all pretty tough. Uh, I'll take Gibbs as well. Maybe Christy will give her some tips. There's a Stanford thing: fool them once, shame on us; fool them twice, not going to happen. I'll take Brady. I'll take Lepchenko, Loeb. Mohammed kicked. You know what? I'm taking seven. Screw it. What do I have to lose? Give me all seven. It's a changeover chat. <laughs> is that is that what happens in changeover chats? We just we're allowed to say whatever. It's fucking twelve forty eight. What do I care? I'm exactly. rooting for the best. Well, look. Let's hope they all get in. We can. Sorry. 
let's hope they all can get in so we can have them in our main draw we are going to have both men's and women's main draw brackets open for people to place their bets see who has the best bracket at the end of the tournament there will be prizes for it so if they all make it great more for us to have fun with and let's just see who wins i'm hoping i'm hoping we have an american fest in australia that'd be fun american well quick correction on my part asian muhammad ended up losing uh six three four six six four so that means we can only have six potential australian open third round or uh women's qualifiers so i'm already wrong so hey great shot to me um yeah, I completely agree with you. I'm glad you said that. Word on the street is there might even be some gear heading to the winner. So oh, definitely yeah. sign up. And Rothman will say he won the last round, but I was winning the majority of the time. Therefore, I'd say mine's better. And he'd say, oh, but I picked Djokovic. And like, yeah, sweet dude. Anyone can pick Djokovic. But I got the real hard ones right. So, you know, I think I was the real winner. Hey, winners don't have to explain themselves. <laughs> Oh, get the fuck out of here. But, you know, I want to thank you. And uh, as always, give a special shout-out to our producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, who have a fuck of an editing job to do, as always. Special shout-out to Fligner, who's been in the lab working on new tracks for Season 2. We look forward to hearing them. And we look forward to continuing our coverage, as Max mentioned, of the Australian Open starting next week. We'll have a preview, and then we'll have daily recaps every day of the first week, as well as every other day of the second week. Rothman, any other things to add before I take us out? I'm going to let you go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) No, much appreciated. Well, then I'll say one last time, for our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, for my splendid co-host, Maxwell LeBauer Rothman, and from everyone on our Cracked Rackets team, leave it in, Westoff. Rothman, what do we say? Hey, great shot. Please edit that, and we will see you all next week. Thanks, everyone.